know where I'm gonna go when Red Bull's engine blows. And welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speed race cars. That's a little Jimmy Buffett joke for everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, right in the wheelhouse of all of our listeners. Uh, I didn't know I'm you Drew knew Scanlon. Miami. It's amazing. Just <laughs> Galen joining me. Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny? The water's fake, Drew. The water is fake. Yes. They, they painted it. It's, it's, it's glorious. It's paint. It's, it's better than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> we were right. Water. We were right. And just what a fantastical weekend at the circus we are going to enjoy this. Yes. This coming Miami GP. I unironically love the fake water. Yeah. It's in great. the fake marina for this real Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and just say that the fake water at the Miami Grand Prix may be more impressive and more fun than the real water that they have planned for that crazy fish tank along the side oh, of the new Saudi yeah. Grand Prix. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, welcome to Formula One. If this is your your first F1 podcast, it's silly here. Uh, if you're new to the sport, though, we've got a preseason primer episode that assumes no prior F1 knowledge that explains how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you want to get up to speed. Oh, uh-huh uh oh, you can go back dot, and dot, listen dot. yeah that was it um you can listen Pause. to uh, episode 178 and then if you, you want can... to feel like we feel going into this weekend because this is you know i do the i do the circus little bit of a little bit of research before each one and usually mm-hmm. it's like oh here we have to spa francish we've been no, here for 87 well, years monza and then it comes to this one and there's not even a video on the official youtube channel because they're still building it so we have no idea what's going to happen this weekend so we have no prior Miami F1 knowledge. Yeah, I think there was like a... Did you see a marketing video from Red Bull, I think, where uh, Sergio Perez drove around when it was dirt? Oh, I didn't see the end of that. I saw he was driving to the track or something in one video. They love doing the marketing videos in America, don't they? Remember they had they had uh, Ricardo driving across the Bay Bridge for some reason when it was the Austin Grand Prix. It was very confusing. <laughs> Um, we're um, nowhere near Austin here in the Bay Area, but yeah, no dirt. I guess just like the NASCAR Danny. one. I guess yeah, we are we're now. Misters, we're misters worldwide because uh, this show is supported entire by our audience at patreoncom shiftf one uh, Every month we release bonus podcasts and videos over there on Patreon exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you would like to support the show and get access to all of that fun stuff. Head over to patreon.com slash shiftf1 or click the link in the show notes. What has been going on over in Patreon land this month, Danny? Uh, exclusive podcast this month is going to be about a an episode of Bad Sport. Which, did this come through in an email? I feel like. I think it did. A few people have recommended this to us, yeah. Okay, so Bad Sport is a Netflix series where they basically do... They're like mini documentaries, kind of like 30 for 30, but it's all about... I, I guess baddies in sports, people who cheated or did did wrongs, wrongins, uh, and one of them is about Randy Lanier and his uh, marijuana smuggling enterprise in IndyCar, um, which I knew <laughs> nothing about. So uh, we're going to watch I. that episode. Yeah, that should be that should be interested. And keep your eyes peeled for some video shenanigans this month too. Uh, oh. Thank you to all of our incredible title sponsors. We lost a couple this week. What? So there's space. So if you want to get in Ooh. here and slap your cigarette branding on the side of our <laughs> Formula One car, 
get in here uh, at if you and, and listen to hear if there's any that you missed. Maybe, maybe some sort of uh, money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some, maybe some, uh, maybe some products. I don't know. Oh, uh, hmm. we are very thankful for all of our uh, title sponsors, including at Talking Autos, Tanner McLeave, Bulgarian Bomb Bomb, Mickey's O.O, Olivia Evans, Team Blackjack, Pyrides Card Castle, Erica Siegel, Iron Station Studios, Alan McCrary, TelemetryDeck.com, Gnarly Ghost, David Mule, Jew Stewart, Bailey Foot, Abdallah Althani, Jason Chadwick, Bunny Thorpe, Bunny Thorpe Tech Pod Crimes, The Human Torch Was Denied a Bank Loan, <laughs> Snigs, Alex Goucher, Circuit Demon, Troy Stammer, Berto Roca, William Romph, and Jason Kelly. Thank you to all our title sponsors. It's getting tough to uh, fit all that on the side of our car, but uh, the bottom's still free. Everyone, yes, the t- the tires, the tires, yes, exactly. Yeah. We'll have uh, to them. Before we get to Miami, let's mm. hit the news, Danny. All right, We've got all right. uh, some large-ish news here. Certainly, yeah. I feel like it's been slow for a while. Um, but we've got uh, finally something we can sink our teeth into. Uh, the Volkswagen Group, maybe you've heard of them. They make the cars. The people's um, car, I believe. That's right. Yes. The Volkswagen, uh, which yes. owns Porsche and Audi, or Porsche if you're German, I guess. Um, and they've been flirting with entering F1 for years. Uh, now, in a YouTube video, which is how we do press releases these days, I guess. <laughs> that are uh, tweets with yellow backgrounds. One that's other. right, yeah. Uh, VW CEO Herbert Dies has said that they plan to enter Formula One with both of those brands in 2026. So 2026, yeah, that's when the uh, F1 regulations change again. And VW was waiting to see whether those regulations aligned with their interests, namely sustainability and cost. Um, The 2026 regulations haven't been completely finalized, but the broad strokes are... Uh, according to the BBC, that the natch, uh, the internal combustion engine will run on fully sustainable fuels. The electrical part of the hybrid system will produce 50% of the total mm. power from the power unit. Uh, and the MGUK, I'm sorry, the MGUH, which is the most complex and difficult to engineer part of the hybrid system, it's the part that recovers the heat from the engine and turns it into battery juice, uh, <laughs> will be scrapped. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, that all sounds good to VW. Uh, However, it doesn't mean that we're going to get two new teams, unfortunately. The rumors are that Porsche will partner with Red Bull, becoming Red Bull Porsche, and help build their own power unit, which they're currently kind of doing because they got Honda's uh, uh, designs. Um, The Audi talks are apparently less far along, but the BBC says they're looking to buy a team outright... Either McLaren, Sauber, Aston Martin, or Williams. Unclear whether that means they would buy the Sauber. companies behind them or they would buy like the team entry, basically. Right. <clears throat> um, in the video, Deese gave some what well, I thought were uh, relatively candid remarks that gave pretty good insight into what it's like to decide to enter Formula One. Because um, we we uh, we've been speculating like why are they doing it why aren't they doing it but here he just kind of says it um, which I thought was was interesting both you know from a business perspective but also just like a, a an outside perspective on Formula One as a business and a marketing opportunity yeah. he says uh, in this transcript of the video from Autosport 
Formula One is developing extremely positively worldwide. The marketing that is happening there, plus Netflix, uh, has led to Formula One's following growing significantly in the U.S. as well. Asia is growing significantly, including among younger customer groups. Um, if you look at the major sporting events or events in the world, it's the case that in motorsport, it's really only Formula One that counts and is becoming increasingly differentiated. If you do motorsport, you should do Formula One as that's where the impact is greatest. Uh, Porsche has to be the sportiest brand in the world. So Porsche has to do motorsport. Audi is a much weaker brand than Porsche, uh, which is interesting here. In wow, that this is really, he's really putting it out there here. Uh, it can't demand such a high price premium. Audi actually has the better case for Formula One because it has much greater potential for the brand. Mm, ooh. Win on That's, Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's good executive spin. I like it. But you can't catch up. When you join a new team, you need five or ten years to be among the front runners. In other words, you can only get on board if you have a major rule change. You need a new ah. engine development and you need three or four years to develop a new engine. Uh, that means you can decide now to do F1, or then probably not again for 10 years. The discussion on the board was not unanimous. We certainly have other priorities strategically. Our cars have to be technically up to date. We have to be able to drive autonomously. We need the software capabilities. We need batteries for our cars. We have enough to do, and we don't really need to do Formula One. But our premium brands say that that's the most important lever to increase the brand's value and to be able to take a little bit more for the cars in terms of pricing. Uh, and also to demonstrate to the competition that you have superior technology in the case of Audi. That's why the board of management and the supervisory board have all voted in favor of this. Audi still has to decide in which constellation and which team, but both have started to develop engines. Wow. Super candid. Very interesting. Just to hear there's like multiple facets there that they talk about, mm -hmm. like how the how the brands utilize it, why they'd go in in the first place, where they see the market developing, what type of market, like the fact that it's young people seems to be pretty important to them because I suspect just being a F1 fan and a you know at various levels in my life, like it always kind of trended as an old dude sport, and that's obviously not the case anymore, which is terrific. Um, yeah, super. Canada. And the most interesting part being that, like, yeah, I guess whenever these new rule changes come in, you can basically do the work of developing the engine without having to be racing mm -hmm. <laughs> for whatever many years. And maybe that gap, it's not completely eradicated, of course, but maybe that gap is shortened to an extent where it becomes a huge disincentive to not to join at any other time than one of those big rule changes. And like he said... That means a decade from now, and they'll all be retired and living on their boats by then, and that's no fun, so let's do it now. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting where he basically says, uh, as soon as we enter F1, we can immediately jack up the price on our cars. Yeah, yeah, good chat. <laughs> <laughs> right, what do you make um, of the Red Bull one? That's interesting. That, yeah, that they so might they, get better with Porsche. Yeah. They have had partnerships in other racing series, like with Rally, um, mm -hmm. VW and, and Red Bull have. Uh, I think that is, if you can swing that, that's a great way to go because they are at the top of the sport right now. Um, and they've, they've got their own engine thing going. That's kind of a, uh, what is it called? A, a white label. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's, I think it's a great move and the Audi thing, you know, that's, I, I wonder if it's going to be 
uh, an outright buyout, like if they buy McLaren and just call it Audi, or if it'll be more of a Sauber Alfa Romeo kind of deal, uh, right. where they just slap their their name on it. Um, but I I assume it says he says both Audi and Porsche have started to develop engines. Does that mean? they're doing different ones or would Audi use the Porsche Red Bull Honda thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's, maybe they're so, you know, he's talking from such a high position in the group that maybe it makes sense for them both to be doing it. I don't know if they'll, they could pool or, or just like they're so separate. Like those two brands never cross collaborate anyway, like, cause they're totally different entities. So uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know how that machine is set up, and I don't know. I also don't know how what Porsche engines are actually like. Like uh, to me, it's like I'm not a big petrol head when it comes to actual engine stuff. I understand Porsche as a brand and what sort of the strength that brings, but I don't know if their luxury cars are actually also desirable by you know piston heads. So, um, oh, I think I think the way I understand it is you're. If you're a Porsche person, you are way in on Porsche, and that's okay. all you do. Uh, <laughs> right. But they're pretty different in terms of, you know, what they are like to drive. So it's kind of like Mac or PC, you know, okay. Porsche or anything else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. I would love to hear if you, if you know the answer to this question. Please write in. Yes, just um, the phone podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. Yes, so we will we will watch how that develops over the course of the next three or four years. Gene Haas is rubbing his hands. <laughs> He's like, get me out. Get me out of this madness. They were not listed in that list in, from the uh, BBC, which is interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe by design. Maybe just to make that price go down a little bit. Did you see the, the tweet they did where they they aped the Grand Theft Auto Vice City oh, yes. box art with, uh, with Gene, or sorry, with uh, uh, Kevin and, and Mick and Steiner. Gunter? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. It's a, it's a good piece of work. It's it's real good. Yeah. Wow. They have had a swing. I'm like all in on Haas now. And last year was not so much. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> or Feels started good this to, year. to have to. Yeah. To be able to to be able to like them. Uh, all right. Next up in the news, <clears throat> as we mentioned last week, a vote was being held on whether to increase the number of sprint weekends in 2023 from three mm. to six. Uh, and in in the, there are three parties in the vote: F1, the F1 teams, and the FIA, which is the governing body of the global motorsport. Um, we thought it was going to be up to the teams, but they voted unanimously in favor, uh, as did F1, of course. The holdouts were the FIA. Yeah. So this did not pass. And uh, I'll just quote this from the Autosport article. Sources have indicated that the FIA president, Mohammed Ben Suleiman, I'm sorry, Suleyem, uh, who chaired the meeting, told participants that he was only willing to go ahead with having more sprints if, I, if a financial contribution was made to the governing body. <laughs> okay. A bribe. <laughs> they, they make it sound like that, but the FIA released a statement afterwards stating, quote, while supporting the principle of an increased number of sprint events, the FIA is still evaluating the impact of this proposal on its trackside operations and personnel and will provide its feedback to the commission. But if you lined our pockets, maybe you would uh, <laughs> make the decision slip through there a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's still up in the air. I wonder <laughs> how I, I fully expect that a 
sprint is different from say qualifying or practice the number of personnel that you need to to have but i wonder exactly how it is different yeah if there's something else about the i mean they can't replace all the marshals for just for the race so or like i don't know what the fia is doing on i guess that's separate like what personnel they this is annoying after hearing the other executive be so frank then to have the head of the FAA <laughs> give us this word salad BS is just like, come on, just what is it actually? Like, I'd love to know what, like, I'm not necessarily for more sprint races or against them. I think it makes for a more interesting Saturday for sure and Friday by extension. Uh, definitely probably suits some tracks better than others. There's the issue of it just working as a sieve for the grid, but it, it could also be chaotic. We just haven't seen it yet. But. Uh, I'd love to know what the big deal is. It doesn't seem particularly, you know, clear. Maybe it's precedent. It could be something really perfunctory like that, like something very mm-hmm. admin related. Like, well, yeah. if we say yes to this, then these other people are going to want it. Or if we say yes to this many this time, then the next time you ask, it's going to be harder for us to say no or something like that. But I just, you know, maybe that's why they never they don't say because to speak the words into truth would then be to, you know give up their position or something. I don't know, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a bit annoying. Uh, there were some other notable things finalized at this meeting. Uh, in 2023, helmet cameras will be mandatory for everyone. Okay. Which I think is cool. I like the helmet cam. Uh, and tire allocations for a weekend will be reduced from 13 sets to 11. So when ah. you go, when you're an F1 t- uh, car and you go into the weekend, you are only allowed... Uh, currently, it's 13 sets, but, you know, we're we're apparently moving that down um, to last you the entire weekend. So whether it's yeah. a, it's it's practice, qualifying, sprint, race, those 11 sets are going to have to you're going to have to stretch those, make them last. Um, we have we'll have more to say about uh, that in a second. But uh, just to cap it all off here from this meeting, no replacement has yet been agreed for the Russian Grand Prix, mm. however, uh, and I'll again quote from the article. Um, while Qatar has emerged as the early front runner to of get course. the slot, ex- concerns about the extreme temperatures at that time of year and logistics as the country prepares for the football world cup has quelled some of the momentum behind the event happening. Uh, instead, as first reported by Autosport, one idea is that that is gaining traction is for Singapore to host back to back events, which would logistically be quite straightforward. Yeah, and I don't know if I want two Singapores in a row. Oh, I don't know. Okay, how I about like this? Singapore. How about this? One of them's daytime. Ooh. Let's reverse track. Rever- oh, Jesus, could you imagine how dangerous <laughs> that track will be in reverse? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's bad enough as it is just for yeah. for safety cars. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. There's some really good tracks left on the chopping block let's just go back to portimao for god's sake we had so much fun there like yeah moto gp just had their race there last week i think it was a week before and i was like man come on let's just head back <laughs> to the algarve let's do it um yeah yeah we got a bunch of real cool ones but yeah that's a uh, well uh speaking of those something. tires um you know as as uh so with with the reduction of tire sets in 2023, presumably mm. for sustainability and or cost Mu- reasons. Must be, yeah. Uh, this meshes with an upcoming change to qualifying that is set to be trialed 
at two Grand Prix next year. Uh, every time they mess with qualifying, I get scared. I've been burned before, Danny. Oh my God. Yeah, I have almost forgotten about the... Uh, what was it? What was that weird qualifying we did? I don't like even remember how it worked, but it was like years what, 2015 ago. or something. Bernie Eccleston was like, let's change everything about qualifying. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Did it do it for one weekend and then it stopped? I think so, because everyone what? hated it. I completely have burned it out of my memory. Yeah. What happened? I mean, qualifying like used a- to just be one thing. When I was growing up watching F1, qualifying was just like, there was no. Here's an hour, do the fastest lap you can, everybody's done. Yeah, there was no like Q1, Q2, Q3 stuff. I think it was a, it was like those racing modes in video games where like, if you're last, you get knocked out of the race. Oh, you're right. Was it like a sort of, yeah, elimination mode. Elimination mode. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, All right, so, but but this, this is more of a minor change, but it could be interesting. I don't know. Let me know how you think of this, Danny, because are are you getting this fresh? I'm fresh. Fresh as a daisy here, Drew. Give it to me. Give it to me. You can make up anything, I believe you. Okay. So currently, teams get to choose which compound they use for each qualifying session. That's the current on wets. Is that it? Just go out on wets. (laughs) Give it your best shot. They're going to be done in a half a lap. So yeah, you you can choose no matter if it's Q1, Q2, or Q3. You get to choose you know soft, medium, or hard. This so this used to have an effect on what tires you started the race on, but that rule mm. has been thrown out uh, for yeah. this year. So now it's just about like how well your car does on which compound and whether you want to you know burn a set of softs, for example, that you might need later or not. The new system sets which compounds teams can use for each session: mm-hmm. hards for Q1, mediums for Q2, and softs for Q3. No. <laughs> don't like it don't like it because because as we've seen this year there are some cars that are better on some tires so this is just yeah. this is going to create it's gonna it's gonna play into the hands of some teams and and damage other teams like there are some like is a ferrari and mclaren are having a great time with the medium at the moment um, I think it was. I think I saw an interview with Lando at the end of last week. What they were talking about. I think it, it's McLaren. Maybe we're having a who are really able to like go the distance. Oh, I guess it's no, it's not. Sorry, it's it's um, Albon on the Williams. They're they're mm. just that's how he was able to do that whole race. Right. Was that on medium or was that on hard? I forget. Um. Yeah i i don't I don't know about that. That seems. Hey man, you, that just means you got to develop a car that is good on every tire. But they never know. They never know until they start the season because they because all their stuff is computational fluid dynamics. They don't get the tires yet. So I mean, the, the compounds do change all the time. Uh, you know, the Pirelli does allow cars to run like usually they use a uh, like an older car, but they allow the teams to like get some data from the new tire compounds before they, yeah. you know, race on them the following year. But but it's always uh, later and it's not like race I mean, this lengths is only, and this is only two races. And it's next year, so the teams will have, you know, if yeah. even if we decide to keep this and do it for every session in 2024, have some time uh, to uh, to make it um, to make it work for them. I, I I do worry that this will only hurt the back of the field. That, that that if that's what happens, then that's like yeah. If if this ended up being something that it like shuffled the deck, then yeah, we're all good. But yeah, that's the I I I can't. I'm trying to like reason out at the moment where the teams are with the tires and see 
what the benefit might be. But that said, I, I don't mind him throwing ideas against the wall. Like, if it's two races, let's go for it. We might end up finding, you know, some terrific new angle. I, I like the messing with the formula to find out better ways of having fun weekends. Like, sure. But I just can't see this one playing out. I think I, I would lament the loss of things like, oh, Mercedes is going out on the mediums because they don't want to burn one of their soft sets because they think they're going to get through. But, oh, no, they didn't set a fast enough time and now the rain is coming in. Yeah, or like, you know, a lower team is really desperate to get track position here, so they're going to go for it on softs in Q3. You know what I mean? Like, like Right, and sacrifice that set for the yeah, race. Yeah, because they're at Monaco or something. You know what I mean? Like, this, there, there is, there is, in the same way that if they, you know, just hypothetically made everyone race on the same start the race on the same compound as well it's taking in many like maybe it's adding an element of dynamicism or or chaos to the proceedings but it's also definitely taking away some you know variability that exists with the tires and with the teams choosing and even with the teams like the possibility space is there even if they don't other teams might think they might so that that's that part of that mind game is also there but it's not if if you know if if they all know they're all going out on the same tires then you know it it sort of maybe removes some of that possibility so i don't know happy for them to try it but i'm not excited now i want them all to go out put them out on wets put them all out on wets that's (laughs) that's uh that's really put these drivers to the test here yeah yeah you get get one lap and then your tires explode. Exactly. Yeah. If you make it around, <laughs> you gotta really, you gotta, you know, take your time. <laughs> right. It's like a real risk reward. Do you make it to the end of the lap? <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. That's it for news. Let's take it to the track walk, Danny, for Miami. <laughs> oh man, Detective Danny's putting on his trilby because we're trying to figure out. What's going on in Miami? So as of this recording, so we record these on a Tuesday morning, The there is not all that much official information about the Miami track. They have a map up on the F1 website that has numbers of turns but doesn't have names for any of them, which we'll get to later in a fantastic email. Um, and it also doesn't have where the DRS zones are. So they've told us there are three. And I'm assuming that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're they they have to be in the place where they where they put them. Um, Drew, you saw like a tweet from Red Bull where he was driving around on the sort of the, like the barricaded version of it. Is that right? Yeah, I just I just sent it to you uh, in the chat. Um, it's it's a lot of helmet cam. It looks like a lot of. Uh, it looks like before they actually built the stuff, it's just the, right. the parking lot outside the stadium with a bunch of cones. Yeah. Um, so you can, but you can kind of get a sense as to what the drivers will have to deal with here. Well, well, um, I've 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 done the research, so I've I've seen I've seen lots of, of oh, how okay. how it might look from two particular videos, which I've linked there, which you can stick in the L show okay, notes cool. there for people. Um, the first of which is a video from last year that you two, sorry, that Formula One put up, which was basically the. Uh, render uh, the the I'm not sure if it was in the video game I don't think so but it was like a car driving around the digital version of the track I've cross-referenced that with the actual track map as it is now and a video from a YouTuber who does drones called Joel Franco who knows nothing about F1 who basically had a bunch of his community asked to go down to the track 
and he basically parked beside it and set up his drone and did a bunch of flyovers of the track pretty close. So you can see quite a lot. Um, hmm. So from those, I have pieced together a sort of a, a description of, of what we're looking at here. So the Miami Grand Prix is 57 laps, four, 5.4 kilometers, 3.3 miles. Pretty... I would say standard. It's in the window of your regular race distance, you know, laps. A little bit, little bit shy on the laps, but not crazily so. It was picked from 36 possible layouts because they built it in the car park of the Hard Rock Stadium. But I will say it's a lot more, it's a lot less car parky than, than it sounds. Um, there is a lot of infrastructure here. The track goes... Uh, all over the place it goes under freeways because there's like overpasses one of the exits of the freeway is literally the track goes through so they, they have to close off the freeway because one of the exit ramps the cars will drive like you know across oh, are they it. gonna jump it like the speed bus it's flat by the time it gets to them okay <laughs> this part but there's other ones like where the helicopter presumably will be flying over and the cars will disappear under freeway it's pretty um, cool yeah, in the sort of more technically part over by turn 16, 11 through 16 or whatever. Um, apparently, there is some uh, elevation change, some artificial elevation change on this as well. Sweet. To get re- yeah, which is pretty wild uh, between turns uh, 13 and 16, which is the sort of like little, it's the only slow technical part of the track, I guess. And then also the turn 14, 15 chicane, uh, which is sort of in that little area too. Um, it's sort of bobbles up a little bit i am not even going to describe how this track looks or how uh how where the racing will be there are three drs zones on it somewhere one of the the start finish straight we presume is one of them the entry into the start finish straight is whip it wicked fast so while it's pretty short the straight itself um and the drs zone presumably the you you enter it with such crazy speed that like it you know it'll probably be useful we'll see um and then there are two straights, one at the end of sector one, basically, one at the start of sector two or in the middle of sector two. And they're long. Those two straights are, one of them is just, it's a straight that runs the entire length of the track, almost like that Vietnam thing we saw where it was just <laughs> right. kept going. Um, it, it's a fast track. Um, it, it looks wicked fast. There's that one little technical area, but apart from that, it's a lot of medium speed corners um, all over the place. It's not particularly wide. There's loads of runoff. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit France that way, kind of. Mm. Um, you know, uh, lots of this turquoise uh, runoff that they have. But like I said, the um, uh, the marina that's there is painted. That's beside that little area. There's like a food court place in the middle of it. Apparently, you can watch from the top of the stadium as well. But they've built big grandstands, so it does not look like it's just this like you know a bunch of cones set up in a car park. It looks like you know fairly kind of at least from the drone shots like you know set it, it doesn't look like it's been thrown up over a weekend it looks pretty legit like singapore does you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like there are, there are places we go or monaco or places we go where it doesn't feel like this is just like ramshackle together it feels like an actual racetrack um there's a big heineken logo on one of the runoffs which i was like i i don't i still don't think you can have a- alcohol advertising in france so I, I, have we have we had big beer logos just on the circuit before is that am i crazy well there are certainly ones on the uh um, you know the little uh, walkways over the track, or the you're right. Yeah, there are, you know 
you know, yeah, so maybe Ricardo they, in Australia, they had like Ricardo's name with a 0. 0.0 uh, logo up there. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. They were like hiding it or something. No, like, no, no. Like no? It, it was just Ricardo in the Heineken font with, I think, the star. And then the, the O in Ricardo was 0.0 because that should be your blood alcohol content before you drive. Uh, an F1 car. Or, or any car, Danny. <laughs> or any car. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading too much. I just thought it was crazy. It had a huge Heineken logo. Um, and then I'm trying to think what other bits and bobs here. The... Yeah. Oh, it's counterclockwise, which uh, is usually, mm. which is non-standard as well. So yeah, it's a it's a funny looking track. It's like to describe to try and like I I'm trying to think of what it's like, like what other track it reminds me of. You know, it, um, it I, I'm I'm heartened by the fact that it does not look like the the usually when you look at a street circuit, um, and I I don't think I would call this a street circuit. Uh, no. But when you do look at a street circuit, you can kind of tell like a lot of those Formula E tracks, especially the early years, were just like they look like they were plopped onto a grid, like a lot of 90 degree turns and stuff. Of, this doesn't yeah. look like that at all. This looks like if you told me this was, you know, some track we'd never been to in the middle of, you know, the Brazilian countryside, I would believe you. Um, yeah. And the, the length of it as well suggests that, too. Like it's the, the, how many turns are 19 turns and they're turns. Like these yeah. are these are turns. Like some of them are a little bit softer in the. You got a chicane. Middle. You got some some hard some uh, some hairpins. Some long straights. Some uh, some long t- uh, curves. Yeah, uh, it's not, it, it it's seems not, like it's not crazy wide. I'll say that it's not. Okay. It's not. It's a. It didn't look particularly shallow either, and it doesn't have the. So at least from the drone footage, it doesn't have the Sochi problem of having zero runoff or high walls. It didn't look like it was like that. It looked broader than that. Um, I'm not saying it's uh, it's Paul Ricard or anything in terms of the amount of runoff, but like it seemed decent, I'd say. So, you know, take that where you where you will. I I don't know where the overtaking zones are at all, but I, I if the cars are able to fa- um, travel behind each other, a lot of this is like high speed and medium speed. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the lap time is on this. We have literally no idea because no, except for Sergio Perez going around some cones, we don't we don't. Um, we don't know how fast they can actually go on this thing. Uh, we don't know. I don't know anything about the surface on it. And mm. also, it's Miami and we're hitting May. So it could be the, super hot. Like It is we'll, not a Tilkadrome. No. Herman Tilka had nothing to do with this. His, he had the other 35 perspective layouts and they said, no, we will do our yes. own. RacingNews365.com claims it is designed by British-based Apex Circuit Design. Uh, which is also not Alec Burtz's company. Alex Burtz. Mm. Um, don't know. Don't know who these guys are. Clive Bowen, founder and director. Uh, apparently, it's getting some some good buzz from drivers. Uh, Pierre Gasly, good. also in the same article from Racing News, uh, describes some sections as quite challenging. He says, "I've tried it in the Red Bull Simulator, uh, and I must say, it looks pretty awesome. I really like the layout." There's quite a lot of high-speed contents. It's quite challenging with an unusual type of corners, extremely long corners, and very long straights. Yeah, so yeah. Feel, feeling good about it. it. Like We'll see, but I'm definitely more optimistic than I was um, before looking into the track. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I have that excitement going into any new place. Um, and it's so fun that we've gotten so many new places over the the, the COVID years, I suppose. Yeah, uh, just hope it's safe. That's the only thing. I don't know. It's hard to tell from digital stuff and drone footage how, um, right. how safe some of this stuff is. So hopefully, you know, places like Turn 11 are, are, have adequate runoff for safety stuff when they're coming down off the speed and turn 17. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Well, if you've ever been to Florida, you will know that pretty much every day around, oh, I don't know, 3 or 4 p.m., uh, the rain rolls in, oh boy. and this week it looks to be no different. So, oh qualifying day, uh, qualifying time looks to be about 30%, and race day looks to be about 40%. Ooh. Yeah, temperatures for both days look to be around uh, 88 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Or we're talking 31 Celsius and humidity of uh, 60%. So that's just going to be sticky and gross. But welcome (laughs) to Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, not, not, uh, not nothing on the winds either. 13 miles an hour. Uh, or 21 kilometers an hour uh, for race day and uh, similar for, for qualifying day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and you know, it's all flat there. Not a lot to to block the wind. So a lot of unknowns, we shall see. Uh, heading into the weekend, though, the driver standings look like this. Charles Leclerc is on top with 86 points to Max Verstappen's 59. Just behind him is his teammate with 54 points. That's Sergio Perez. George Russell is in fourth with 49 points, followed by Carlos Sainz in fifth with 38. Lando Norris is in sixth with 35. Then Lewis Hamilton with 28. Valtteri Bottas with uh, 24. Esteban Ocon's got 20. And Kevin Magnussen in 10th with 15. Then we've got Ricardo with 11, Sunoda with 10, Gasly with 6, Fettel with 4, and then Alonso in 15th with 2 points. A three-way tie behind him with Joe uh, Guanyu, Alex Albon, Lance Stroll with 1 point, and then Mick Schumacher, Nicholas Latifi, and Nico Hogenberg bringing up the rear with 0 points. In the constructor standings, no zeros here. Ferrari is on top with 124 to Red Bull's 113. Uh, Mercedes is in third with 77 points. McLaren's in fourth with 46. And Alfa Romeo in fifth. Wow. With 25 points. Mm. Behind them, Alpine's got 22. Alpha Tauri has 16. Gene Haas and team have 15 points. Aston Martin's got five. And Williams has one. Love to see it. Yes, if you want to join our standings, some points of your own, you can join our Fantasy League using the link in the show notes. And with that, let's take just some emails, Danny. Shift F1 podcast at gmail.com or F1.com. Sorry, F1.cool slash emails. Uh, This first one's from Adrian. Let's keep it on the Miami GP for a hot second. Your podcast is always one of the highlights of the week. Hearing the brass intro music gets me excited for F1, even if the race doesn't look like it's going to be all that exciting. Speaking of which, I couldn't find any names for any of the terms at Miami Autodrome. So I'd like to take a stab at naming some of them. That's how it works, right? I took inspiration from Monaco, since they're clearly trying to add some of that feel with the marina. I also took some inspiration from Miami geography and culture. Mm. Um... 
Uh, also, the campus map on the Miami GP website was helpful. Ooh, I didn't see the campus map. Let me check that one out as well. See if it's if there's much difference to it. Oh, look at that. That's a great map. We should stick that in the show notes. That is okay. That is something else. Yeah, something about the track as well worth mentioning is that it goes around a huge football stadium. So, so it's like, so the helicopter shots on this one are going to be absolutely insane. Uh, also, the like training field they have is at the back of the track. Um, so they'll pass that too. Um, it looks neat. Although I have been already hearing from people who are local that uh, logistics from to getting there are going to be a nightmare because they're mm. like shuttling everyone in. <laughs> so, yes. you know, we'll see how that goes. Anyway. Here are the 19 names for the turns that Adrian has uh, come up with. Um, okay. They will be from uh, turn one to turn 19. So we have Crypto Gardens, <laughs> uh, Villas, Veranda, Ooh. Hard Rock, Hard mm. Roll, High <laughs> Marina, Mid Marina, Low Marina, Bow Parking, Mojito Motorway, South like Beach, it. North Beach, Cabanas, uh, Cocaine Chicane Entry, <laughs> Cocaine chicane exit, Florida man's elbow, Florida man's armpit, Don Johnson, and of course you can't have Don Johnson without Philip Michael Thomas. It's the last turn, so great. Some Miami Vice thrown in there too. Great, uh, yeah. Hey, they don't have any names, so those are. I think that is now official. I think we have yep. codified that. So, um, yeah, excited to hear Crofty talk about. The Mojito Motorway. <laughs> Into the, the cocaine chicane. <laughs> uh, Drew, you want to take this Very one from good. Alan? Yes, Alan writes, it might be a little early in the season for this, but is it time to be a bit worried about Mick Schumacher's current struggles? Of course, last year he got a pass on an underdeveloped car with a low-budget team and being able to easily dispatch Mazepin week after week. But now with Magnuson on the team and with a very much more capable car... He's been consistently out of the points near the back and suffering from spins and mistakes. I know it's his second year and first four races under brand new regs, but is it time to worry that he might fall by the wayside like other most other family F1 drivers, Ralph Schumacher and Bruno Senna, for example, that have failed to produce? Yeah, what are your thoughts on Mick this year? It's only a sample size of what, four races. Um, yeah, I... Well, three, I, I guess. Really. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough question. Um, I think it's a pretty compelling case when you look at Magnuson, um, who just literally hopped in the car, having not driven one for you know a year. Um, I don't know. I I I, I liked. I think that time has shown that the F one greats. Um, are very adaptable. Um, you you put them into anything, and they'll be able to extract the maximum from it. Uh, and I don't know that I'd call Magnuson a an F one great. Um, so the fact that he's able to do that and Mick is not means that you know he. I mean Mick Mick clearly has skills. He won the Formula Two championship. I think he won a Formula Three championship. Is that right? Um, I think that's right. Uh, but I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it's, uh, it just doesn't come together. So I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's so tough to be able to just speculate about this stuff when you're, when you're so far away, but, um, yeah, but yeah, people look- can turn it around. You know, Daniel Ricardo went the opposite way. He kind of, uh, was, was great. And then 
came in and is struggling with McLaren. Um, so we, we know he's a race winner. We know his skills. Uh, so it may just take Mick a while, but it's not, it's not so heartening to see. Yeah. I, I, at least he's not making, I don't know. I, I, he, it's been, it hasn't been a flattering four races. And so he didn't, he was withdrawn from Saudi. Um, so he didn't race in that one. He almost got points in the first race of the season in Bahrain. He actually did better than Magnussen in Australia. He was 13th and Mag was 14th. And then obviously Kevin got points again in uh, Emilia-Romagna just now. And, and Mick was floating around the back, um, having I presumably damaged his car after that spin on turn uh, two. I don't know, right. but he spun out anyway, so that wasn't helpful. Um, and obviously he's been out qualified as well. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's a it's a small sample size. I think ha- were it not for Magnussen, this wouldn't look as bad as it does. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Magnussen is driving. Maybe he's just had a he's, he's had a fortunate run, or maybe he's just driving the car like a man who just got a second wind and there's nothing to lose anyway. Um, this time around, I looked at last year's uh, uh, results to try and see if there was any driver who had a bad start for those fourth four ra- first four races. Um, especially in relation to their teammate and Vettel actually had, who's who's a pretty good contemporary for Mick Schumacher. Um, Vettel came 15-15 to 13-13, um, whereas Lance last year came 10th, 8th, 14th, and 11th. So similar enough in that he the third race of the season, he also got outdone by um, his his uh, presumably better uh, teammate in by one point in the third third race, and then the next few races, Vettel came fifth, second, and ninth. So hopefully, this could be a lot of things. It could be a driver getting used to the the car. It could be you know those like weird things like Ricardo had, where you know, or arguably still has, where he's just not. He has to like change his driving style. Maybe maybe it favors Magnus mm-hmm. a little bit more, and it's just that little bit of slowness uh, speeding up. Um, yeah, you just kind of hope the trend lines converge, right? Like, yeah, that in, we're not talking about this in four races time. Yeah, I, and it's interesting to to think about the comparison between last year's Haas car and last year's Williams car. You know, I wonder if there can be such an occasion where, you know, the Williams car is slow, but at least it behaves like an F1 car, whereas the Haas car is just bad and in your rookie season may teach you some bad stuff. Mm, um, yeah. Whereas Magnuson didn't have that taint with him. And so he got to hop in from, you know, a decent F1 car to another decent F1 car. Uh, and is, is Mick just grab, you know, grappling with that um, and, and relearning all over again. Yeah. Cause um, that, that car, you could just lose. If you, if you pushed it even slightly too close to the limit, you were, yeah donezo you know what i mean so i wonder yeah like once bitten twice shy kind of thing and <laughs> you know in that car you never know lando's first year he he said that he was just trying to finish the races um right and so this could be maybe mick's second rookie year you know where he's just trying to keep his nose clean um and uh and and have good races yeah before he really turns it on i don't know Hard to tell. I will say, like, it feels like Ralph Schumacher had a decent career, you know, albeit in the shadow of his contemporary. But uh, 
and God, it feels like Bruno Senna was around for a long while too, but it's hard to compare them to that. We're not necessarily doing that, but I feel like Mick is going to be around even if he has a slow year this year, he'll still have another year or two before, you know, there, there's so much promise there mm-hmm. um, that uh, that I think that's one thing that definitely comes with his name is 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 that. And, and also he has the mentality of somebody who um, will keep trying, you know what I mean? Like he, How he, many years did, did F1 give... Andorn. Oh man. To prove himself. Was he four? Three? I'm looking it up. I can't uh, remember. Stoffel. Two. Well, he was only in for two? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I do you feel some way about that? Uh I mean I I'm trying to compare like a a former Formula Two championship winner coming in and then just kind of being mediocre and seeing how that turns out. It turns out you you race for two years, you score sixteenth in the driver's championship twice, and then you're gone. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm. Or was there an issue of them pushing him out to get Lando in? Like, it was a bad timing as well, where like he had to do it in that 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 period of time. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Around and yep. around we go. All the names who come and go. But I think we'll see Mick for a little while longer. Uh, can I take yeah, this next I email? So too. Sure. All right. Mitch writes in, Why is there a rule preventing cars from receiving assistance when beached or otherwise stuck off track, making every such scenario a retirement? Wouldn't it be more fair to uh, and fun to put such cars in the back for the restart? I would have rather seen an Imola race where Carlos Sainz is trying to uh, charge through the pack to salvage a few points rather than softly retire because of a seemingly arbitrary rule um thanks for the email mitch there's a couple of there's a there's a sort of a, a matrices of responses to this one um so signs got stuck in the gravel right and i'm trying to think if on both occasions his engine turned off or if on one occasion his engine turned off but there's a couple of different sort of rules that are worth sort of talking about here. And some of them are rules and some of them aren't. Because the stewards are the stewards are allowed, if they want to, to push a car that's stuck in the gravel that still has its engine on. The issue with that is kind of that they're told not to uh, because they don't have the proper protective gloves usually to riskily push a car that has all that kinetic power stuff going through it and the sort of um i guess the 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 opposite side of that coin is that they are safe to push a car that's turned off (laughs) but f1 cars can't turn themselves on so the only way they can turn the f1 car on is with that big rod that they use (laughs) i think uh, they can now i don't know if they're allowed if they can on track Oh, interesting. Still, For a I don't. Reason. Do you think they can? I mean, there's, yeah, there's, they can turn, but I, I'm, not, I've never seen. Am I? I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't think they turn themselves back on anymore. Um, hmm. there, there's a couple of other issues with that. The gravel, gravel is incredibly difficult to get out of, and modern F1 cars are also quite large and heavy. <laughs> so, yeah. while in the 80s and 90s you saw a lot of like cars getting pushed out of gravel traps, um, obviously the electricity issue there wasn't a problem, and also those cars were n- nowhere near as um heavy. And perhaps gravel has changed as well to slow down these ever 
increasingly uh, fast cars. Um, why they don't put them to the back of the track, I'm guessing has to do with the, if your engine turns off, you're out. That's the, Unless I'm wrong about that. And also that just seems like an artificial way of adding them back. Like if your car is out and the driver gets out of the car, then you're retired, surely. You can't get in another car. They used to have other cars that the drivers would get into. They'd have like a T car or like a third car or something that they'd be able to get into. Um, There have been crashes at the start of races where multiple teams got their third car. The famous one in Spa and I want to say 97 where they had the two calamitous starts in a row where half the field was taken out twice and they went through millions of euro worth of worth of cars in the space of a few minutes. Um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I suspect that's why they don't allow them to, to, to rejoin. It just seems like if you're, if you're out, you're out. If you step out of the car, you're, you're done. So, um, so yeah, I don't know that I hopefully answered your question and also some other lingering questions around the whole gravel stuff. What are your thoughts, Drew? Do you think well, just to add a couple of fun notes about the electricity stuff, you can tell. So there's a there's a light, I think, near the camera pod over the 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 roll hoop or the intake near the driver's head um, that will tell the marshals whether the car is electrified or mm. not. So sometimes it's pretty rare, but I think we saw it late last year or early this year where uh, somebody's car didn't turn off all the way. And so the marshals weren't able to recover it for a long, long time because uh, the light was still on saying that the car was electrified. Um, and you'll also, this is why you see drivers sometimes, um, uh, I think in that case, maybe the um, uh, the driver's uh, um, pit crew told them over the radio, uh, the car's electrified, so uh, they, they use a specific kind of exit from the car. I think they like, yeah. They stand on the halo and jump completely clear of it, so they don't, don't step onto don't the touch side the pod. Third or rail, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because um, that's you know that's a big old battery in there and uh, could be bad. If you there was one incident a few years ago where they, I think it was before they had that little light or something, where they couldn't tell because there was a problem with the electrics in the car and it wasn't sending telemetry back to the pit, and they weren't able to tell anyone if the car was off. I remember that. Mm one from a hmm. while back too okay but presumably they've um they've stopped that yeah i went through some reddit posts on this too because every once in a while you'll come across somebody who's a steward and it was somebody who was a steward and they couldn't say what race they were at but they said whenever they were they were told whenever you see even a car that's spinning its wheel and trying to get out just to go do the hand across the throat to hmm. the driver and and get them out as quickly as possible um uh, yeah, so, you know, we don't see that very often the car. Either a car rejoins right away or, you know, you can tell pretty quickly if somebody's beached in an F1 car. They're just, they don't have, like, low gears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, to, like, right. to, like, they can't set their car to four low and, you know, trundle <laughs> right. out of there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Should I take the next one? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Rachel writes, I am going to the Miami Grand Prix next weekend. This came up suddenly for me, so I am going by myself because I'm obsessed with F1 and not many people understand that. We feel you. Uh, I will Welcome. have to let you know about the faux marina and how the parking lot shapes up. Please do. 
Yes. Uh, I remember on a previous podcast that you all talked about listening to the race action while you're at the race. I tried to go back and find that podcast, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Could you please give me some guidance on how to listen to the race action, even though I will be at the race? Is there an app that streams the race or was it through the radio? Uh, since I've never been to a race before, maybe you could offer some guidance on a few other things. Also, what's the deal with Friday? Is that a skip day? Any other hints or tips you have would be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, so... Um, the radio app. It's I think it's just the F1 app. Uh, at least it was... When when we were when we went, Danny, yeah, in Austin, that yeah. was that was a while ago. So things may have changed, but I imagine they still offer this. You may have to subscribe monetarily to it, but I think it's kind of a you could just do it for you know three bucks or whatever, and then cancel your subscription. But yeah, the, what we did was um, I downloaded the app, I listened to uh, the it's essentially the the BBC radio calls. Um, while the race was going and I just had one, you know, ear pod in my ear uh, while I was watching the race. Cause when you're, when you're at the race, a lot of seats will have a view of the TV screen, which shows, you know, what you would see on TV. And so you can kind of get a sense. Um, you can certainly see what the order of everyone is and you can uh, get a sense of what the, what the action is. Um, but it's tough to hear the commentary because of the sound of the cars and the speakers uh, that are around the track blaring the commentary aren't that loud or at least they weren't you know uh when when we were there so i wouldn't count on that and so the the radio becomes kind of the best way uh to to ingest that stuff the app at least again when when we did it also would type out text versions of uh radio transmissions between the drivers and the pit wall so you can kind of see (laughs) uh, a back and forth there um and it had you know uh things like uh you know where people were on track that sort of thing so uh but it, it's tough to like divide your attention between you know your your phone and the track uh so if you just want to enjoy the race and and listen um that's kind of a, a good way to go other recommendations uh or i'll answer the the other question here what's the deal with friday is that a skip day um it, i mean it's you know it's practice you you can go uh i if it's easy, I would recommend going yeah. uh, or or at least go before qualifying starts on Saturday um, because you do. It was helpful for me to kind of get a sense of uh, how the track worked. You know, where where do you um, uh, where's the food at? Where's <laughs> where's the overpriced merchandise? <laughs> how do you get around the grounds? Where do you park or how you know, how do you get there? Uh so you could either treat qualifying three like that, um, you know, you find a good spot to to sit, or if you have uh, a seat, you know, how to get to your spot. Uh, is there shade? You know, that kind of thing. And just use mm. it as like a test run. Um, uh, other things, wear nice shoes or wear, wear comfy shoes rather, because uh, you're going to be walking around a lot or, um, or you know, sitting for a long time. Uh, I don't know what the, the seats are going to be like there, whether if they're grandstand seats, maybe you want to bring a cushion, uh, you know, sun protection, sunscreen, hats, that kind of thing. Uh, a poncho because it's because it's florida <laughs> you never know yeah uh, i i think a an umbrella might be tough in the stands um 
Gosh, what else? I will say a poncho in humidity gets rough. So if yeah. you've got like actual rain gear, I would recommend that because uh, the humidity just traps your own heat in there. And it's you, you, you boil. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do not regret paying 50 bucks for a, a hat. I love that hat. My Williams hat. Um, yeah. So get, get something from the, <laughs> from the, uh, the merch section. Um, they had a, when we went Danny, they had a, uh, a bunch of old merch. So my, my buddy Ethan picked oh, yeah. up a like 2015 Mexican Grand Prix hat, <laughs> which was pretty funny at the Austin Grand Prix. Uh, yeah. Anything else you can think of? Yeah, I was just looking at the apps just to, to see what the deal is if they've been updated. It looks like it's, as you said, with the old app, with the... So there's the F1 TV app, which is separate. Then there's an F1 app, and apparently it scans... If you log in with the email... I logged in with the email address I have for F1 TV, and it's uh, it's like now giving me access apparently to a bunch of the stuff you said. So okay. um, live... To, and I can't tell for sure because this is just what they're saying on the app store. But um, if you get the app sort of normally, um, where's it gone? I downloaded, I downloaded it. I can't find it on the app store. You probably now. want a phone battery too if you're going to be streaming oh, the radio yeah. the entire race. And hopefully the, were we on Wi-Fi or were you on it like LTE or 5G or something? I don't think I was on Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, yeah, so this one says it has uh, for nor, f- just free, I guess it's like latest news analysis, grumpy schedules and results, just live by, uh, lap by lap live blog so there's that for free anyway but if you've got f1 tv access if you're a subscriber to f1 tv you get live telemetry data full-time information sector times interactive driver map tracking map english audio commentary and best team radio and race control messages okay so so they've looped it into f1 tv yeah it looks like that that it's that it's part of f1 tv and it did check my email address i logged in with my same email address and password into that app and it was like yep yeah, okay you've got f1 tv so there you go um one other app that might be worth getting is the um official program map which i think you can if you buy the program on site you can scan it, the front of it or something but i just downloaded the imola one and it had like a little fun interactive animation hmm. and stuff um okay. so i guess for previous races you can just go get those um yeah it's the whole the track here is a commercial for a rolex watch cool <laughs> so you know it's a real f1 thing um yeah so that's what it I looks like yeah if you're not an f1 tv subscriber it looks like uh you can do monthly um it's right. 10 bucks a month for f1 tv pro but f1 tv access is only three bucks uh don't know if that gets you yeah it didn't say it didn't that stuff say so. in particular one version or not but so. hey, if you are if you're if you're going already to an F one race, <laughs> yeah. you're probably okay with spending a little bit of money. Yeah, the hats will cost you, you know, your IRA probably. Yeah, and the ticket. Yeah, IRA is a is a, for Irish listeners. It's not it's not that. It's a, <laughs> it's a retirement fund. <laughs> it took me a while to figure that over here. I was like, why are people, why are Americans giving money to the IRA every year? What's that about? Why is my tax okay? <laughs> this next email is from alan (laughs) with the popularity of drive to survive surely helping to generate growth here in the u.s for f1 interest it got me thinking about where f1 goes next i would question 
that while interest hasn't dropped in DTS, with the driver and critics questioning the show, it can't be the lone factor that F1 leans on to encourage further growth and interest in F1. Do you think that simply having the three races in the US and relying on having consistently close contests is enough, or does F1 need to do something more to grow and sustain the current explosion of interest? I think having the three races wherever they are in the states is a good idea i think having more of a sort of watershed of f1 or or like a bedrock of f1 in america as opposed to it being for the longest time it was the sort of you know also ran of the calendar most of it was in europe you know there was a couple of races in asia and and, uh, oceana and then you know the one in the middle east now we've changed and we've got multiple races on lots of these places the middle east is like a huge hotbed for races and um, north america should be the same thing mexico's in now canada of course um austin is now sort of part of the bedrock of it i think having these two other races in vegas and miami while they may not be my first choices i think having three races in the states and having that over years and years and years in three different parts of the country i think is that's going to help a lot um in terms of like growth, it sounds like our friends at <laughs> the Volkswagen Group think that uh, the young market in Asia might be one that's worth uh, exploring and and developing. But uh, I think the the biggest like as we have seen from Drive to Survive, the money left on the table is women, and like I think having an American driver will do a lot to get Americans invested. I mean, having an American team. That is a real American team and doesn't cover the car in Russian flag colors when they're stuck for money and have no American drivers or like personnel is probably not helping. But like, I think having an American team is a big part of it. But I also feel like, you know, having uh, women drivers in here and have, you know, solving that problem of getting. W Series people into the, you know, F2 and F3 and and getting up into it. And, like, I think that's going to be, that could also be a huge, you know, not to put a dollar sign on everything, but, like, there's money on the table there as well in terms of, like, just different diversity and and the types of people you get into those illustrious 20 seats that are available in Formula 1. Yeah, I think there's plenty more growth potential um the problem is when you when you reach the other end of that bell curve and we've been there many times as f1 fans like there is always the slump after the growth and mm-hmm. uh f1 is a you know during covid it felt like it f1 is one of is a is a risky business um it's pretty big and it's expensive and those things fall hard when they fall so you know i i, I like slow growth not natural growth um, and I think the American expansion is natural. It makes sense. And Drive to Survive has facilitated that. So hopefully they don't overstretch themselves um, that little bit more. Yeah. Well said. Nothing to add. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at shiftf1podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. You can also hit us up on Twitter at shiftf1podcast. I am at Drew Scanlon. That is at Denny O'Dwyer. Rob Zachney on assignment today yeah. is at Rob Zachney. Uh, that's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny? Let's race around the world. We are kicking things off early. Wednesday. <gasps> Wednesday. This week is Super GT at Fuji Speedway in Oyamacho, Suntogun, 
Shizuoka Prefecture. Oh, Shizuoka Prefecture does not care about hump day. They're just racing. That's right. We've also got Camping World Truck again at Darlington Raceway. Oh, for my the darling. <laughs> oh, my darling. Dead on tools. 200. Dead on. Dead on. You're dead on, Drew. You're dead on. Uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series also at Darlington this weekend for the Mahindra Roxor 200. What? Is that a casino? Mahindra. <laughs> Mahindra. They had a Formula E team? They did. Do they still? It's something. It's ringing yeah. a bell. Uh, the World Endurance Championship is at Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps. Oh. For the total energies, six hours of spa. That's a lot of spa to endure. That's a lot of... Ooh, that'll be fun. They have the new layout. Oh, yeah. That'll be interesting yeah. to see. We'll have to see how Eau Rouge is looking. Yes. Um, the Motocross Grand Prix is in Italy this week. Um, w Series is kicking off their season of... Arr. Formula One support races. Uh, they will be with F1 at each of their races. Uh, and this week they're in uh, Miami with F1. Good stuff. Um, on Sky. Or where is it in the States? If you're in the UK, if you are in the US, you can watch the W Series races on Be In Sports Extra. Oh, be In Sports. You can be in the sports. You can. You can watch all the... I feel like I watch a lot of Mexican football on BN Sports. Mm-hmm. My local, my local uh, re- favorite restaurant in Maryland was always, I'd always try to go at lunchtime because they always had good sports on. And they cared. <laughs> usually yeah. no one watched soccer in Maryland. So I'd always it's, go it's, there. It's been a while since I've investigated how exactly you can get BN Sports in America. I, believe, I don't think you can get it just a la carte. I think you can get okay. it with Sling TV. I think that might be the cheapest way to do it. Uh, but check to see if you if your cable if you have a cable package uh, if you've got it. Yeah, be in uh, those sports. Yeah, you can also uh, I'll I'll link. Um, they don't the, sponsor us. No, they don't. They I'll link the where to watch page for W Series. So uh, they also have um, links to their YouTube channel where I guess you can watch practice and uh, their Facebook page, which or I guess be in Sports USA's facebook page where you can watch qualifying so wow okay yeah um, post race interviews on tiktok right analysis on instagram right uh ted's qualifying notebook on (laughs) myspace (laughs) um we've also got nascar oh my are we in darlington drew we sure are darling <laughs> for the good year 400 it's been a good year for me and my darling we're gonna celebrate 400 times celebrate mother's day oh my god don't forget With some nascar yep forget at your peril especially if you're married to someone called darling <laughs> don't forget your darling uh formula one 
also Uno. racing this weekend. Yes. Maybe you've heard of it. Friday, things kick off May 6th. Free practice one, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. Followed by free practice two, 5.30 p.m. on ESPN News. Saturday, May 7th, free practice three kicks off uh, at 1 p.m. on ESPN News. Followed by qualifying at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. It's delicious. Very watchable. Yes. Uh, and the race, everyone, Sunday, May 8th, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. Man, get your I'm, rabbit ears ready. Get your get your Mother's Day stuff done in the morning, folks. Get it done. Make sure you've carved out enough goodwill by 3.30 p.m. <laughs> so you can disappear for 90 minutes. Maybe That's your my mom plan anyway. likes Formula One. Yeah, maybe she does. Maybe yeah. you're... Maybe you're your wife is is having a rest because you've just had so much fun that morning and she's not had to mind the kid for a second and you can just disappear into uh, the Miami he, night. Yeah, final, final thoughts on the uh, the Miami race, Danny. Dude, I have, you know, just who knows. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, it's impossible to tell. I hope the track isn't crap. I hope everyone's safe, and then I hope we get good, honest-to-goodness racing. It looks like it could be a fun track. It's impossible to tell. It's going to look great on TV. Let's just see what happens. All right. Well, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so over at patreon.com slash shiftf1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Meow. Mm-hmm.